Welcome to Sleep Tight Relax. For more interruption-free bedtime stories and access to our entire catalog of calming bedtime stories, please consider subscribing to Sleep Tight Premium. Visit sleeptightpremium.com to start a free trial. Thank you. Our sleep story tonight is about three musicians who travel around playing their wonderful music. One day after playing, they hear stories about a castle that has hidden riches and endless food. No one lives at the castle, and the three musicians decide to try and go to the castle and get some money. They decide to go one by one and see what luck they have. The first one goes and wanders through the castle, amazed at all he sees. Then he sits down to a table laid with lots of good food. When someone joins him, things start to turn the other way. Before we continue with our story, let's first make sure you are cozy and comfortable. The lights are off. You have silenced notifications. Find your comfortable place, your place to relax, or your favorite position in bed. Wiggle around a little bit and make yourself comfortable. This is your safe place, a place where you can relax and sleep, where you feel warm and cozy, and you get to return to this place at the end of each day. Now, just take a moment to relax and be still. You have nothing left to do, nothing to worry about. Take a big stretch in bed, reaching as far as you can. Now close your eyes if you'd like, and we'll begin with a few slow, deep belly breaths. Each time you breathe in, breathe all the way down into your belly. Take a deep breath in, collecting any worries or concerns, and breathe out, letting them all go. Breathe in. And breathe out. 
Breathe in. And breathe out. Wiggle around a little bit again to help make things feel as they should. Take another deep breath and relax. Now, let's continue with the three musicians and see if they can find the treasure they seek. The Three Musicians Once upon a time, three musicians left their home and set out on their travels. They had all learnt music from the same master, and they were determined to stick together and to seek their fortune in foreign lands. They wandered merrily from place to place and made quite a good living, and were much appreciated by everyone who heard them play. One evening they came to a village where they delighted all the company with their beautiful music. At last they stopped playing and began to eat and drink and listen to the talk that was going on around them. They heard all the gossip of the place and many wonderful things were related and discussed. At last, the conversation fell on a castle in the neighborhood about which many strange and marvelous things were told. One person said that hidden treasure was to be found there. Another, that the richest food was always to be had there, although the castle was not lived in right now. And a third, that a spirit dwelt within the walls that left people feeling much worse when they left the castle than when they arrived. As soon as the three musicians were alone in their bedrooms, they agreed to go and examine the mysterious castle and, if possible, to find and carry away the hidden treasure. They determined, too, to make the attempt separately, one after the other, according to age. And they settled that a whole day was to be given to each adventurer in which to try his luck. The fiddler was the first to set out on his adventures and did so in the best of spirits and full of courage. When he reached the castle, he found the outer gate open, quite as if he were an expected guest but no sooner had he stepped across the entry than the heavy door closed behind him with a bang and was bolted with a huge iron bar, 
exactly as if a guard were doing his job and keeping watch. But no one was to be seen anywhere. A strange feeling overcame the fiddler, but it was hopeless to think of turning back or of standing still. And the hopes of finding gold and other treasures gave him strength and courage to force his way further into the castle. Upstairs and downstairs he wandered through lofty halls, splendid rooms, and lovely little boudoirs. Everything beautifully arranged and all kept in the most perfect order. But silence reigned everywhere and no living thing, not even a fly, was to be seen. Notwithstanding, the youth felt his spirits return to him when he entered the lower regions of the castle. For in the kitchen, the most tempting and delicious food was spread out. The cellars were full of the most costly wine and the storeroom crammed with pots of every sort of jam you can imagine. A cheerful fire was burning in the kitchen before which a roast was being basted by unseen hands. And all kinds of vegetables and other dainty dishes were being prepared in like manner. Before the fiddler had time to think, he was ushered into a little room by invisible hands. And there a table was spread for him with all the delicious food he had seen cooking in the kitchen. The youth first seized his fiddle and played a beautiful air on it which echoed through the silent halls. And then he fell to and began to eat a hearty meal. Before long, however, the door opened and a tiny man stepped into the room, not more than three feet high, clothed in a dressing gown and with a small, wrinkled face and a gray beard which reached down to the silver buckles on his shoes. And the little man sat down beside the fiddler and shared his meal. When they got to the meat course, the fiddler handed the little creature a knife and fork and begged him to help himself first and then to pass the dish on. The little creature nodded, but helped himself so clumsily that he dropped the piece of meat he had carved onto the floor. The good-natured fiddler bent down to pick it up, but in the twinkling of an eye, the little man had jumped on his back and tried to teach the fiddler that everything that was in the castle belonged to him and him only and that the fiddler should leave and never come back. Then the little creature hopped off and shoved the poor fellow out of the iron gate which he had entered in such good spirits a few hours before. 
The fresh air revived him a little, and in a short time he was able to stagger back to the inn where his companions were staying. It was night when he reached the place, and the other two musicians were fast asleep. The next morning they were much astonished at finding the fiddler in bed and overwhelmed him with questions. But their friend hid his face and answered them very shortly, saying, Go there yourselves and see what's to be seen. It is a touchy matter, that I can assure you. The second musician, who was a trumpeter, now made his way to the castle. And everything happened to him exactly as it had to the fiddler. He was just as well entertained at first and then just as badly treated as the fiddler. So the next morning he too lay in his bed feeling silly, assuring his friends that the task of getting into the haunted castle was not an easy one. Notwithstanding the warning of his companions, the third musician, who played the flute, was still determined to try his luck. And, full of courage and daring, he set out, resolved, if possible, to find and secure the hidden treasure. Fearlessly, he wandered the whole castle, and as he roamed through the splendid empty apartments, he thought to himself how nice it would be to live there always, especially with a full kitchen and cellar at his disposal. A table was spread for him too, and when he had wandered about for some time, singing and playing the flute, he sat down as his companions had done, prepared to enjoy the delicious food that was spread out in front of him. Then the little man with the beard entered as before and seated himself beside the flute player, who wasn't the least startled at his appearance, but chatted away to him as if he had known him all his life. But he didn't find his companion very talkative. At last, they came to the meat, and, as usual, the little man let his piece fall on the ground. The flute player was good-naturedly just going to pick it up when he thought that the little man was in the act of springing onto his back. Then he turned around quickly and seized the little creature by his beard and gave him such a shake that he pulled his beard right out and the dwarf sank groaning to the ground. But as soon as the youth had the beard in his hands, he felt so strong that he was fit for anything. And he saw all sorts of things in the castle that he had not noticed before. But on the other hand, all strength seemed to have gone from the little man. He whined and sobbed, saying, Give, oh, give me my beard back, and I will instruct you in all the magic that is surrounds this castle, 
and will help you to carry off the hidden treasure which will make you rich and happy forever. But the cunning flute player replied, I will give you back your beard, but you must first help me as you have promised to do. Till you have done so, I won't let your beard out of my hands. Then the little man found himself obliged to fulfill his promise, though he had no intention of doing so and had only desired to get his beard back. He made the youth follow him through dark secret passages, underground vaults, and gray rocks, till at last they came to an open field, which looked as if it belonged to a more beautiful world than ours. Then they came to a stream of rushing water, but the little man drew out a wand and touched the waves, whereupon the waters parted and stood still, and the two crossed the river with dry feet. And how beautiful everything on the other side was. Lovely green paths leading through woods and fields covered with flowers, birds with gold and silver feathers singing on the trees, lovely butterflies and glittering beetles fluttered and crawled about, and dear little beasts hid in the bushes and hedges. The sky above them was not blue, but like rays of pure gold, and the stars looked twice their usual size and far more brilliant than on our earth. The youth grew more and more astonished when the little man led him into a castle far bigger and more splendid than the one they had just left. Here, too, the deepest silence reigned. They wandered all through the castle and came at last to a room in the middle of which stood a bed hung all around with heavy curtains. Over the bed hung a bird's cage, and the bird inside it was singing beautiful songs into the silent space. The little man lifted the curtains from the bed and beckoned the youth to approach. On the rich silk cushions embroidered with gold, a lovely girl was sleeping. She was as beautiful as an angel, with gold hair which fell in curls over her shoulders and a diamond crown sparkled on her forehead. But a deep, deep sleep held her in its spell and no noise seemed to be able to wake her. Then the little man turned to the wandering youth and said, see? Here is the sleeping girl. She is a mighty princess. This splendid castle and this enchanted land are hers. But for hundreds of years, she has slept this magic sleep. And during all that time, no human being has been able to find their way here. I alone have kept guard over her and have gone daily to my own castle to get food 
and keep away the greedy gold seekers who forced their way into my dwelling. I have watched over the princess carefully all these years and saw that no stranger came near her. But all my magic power lay in my beard. And now that you have taken it away, I am helpless and can no longer hold the beautiful princess in her enchanted sleep. But I am forced to reveal my treasured secret to you. So set to work and do as I tell you. Take the bird which hangs over the princess's head and which by its song sang her into this enchanted sleep, a song which it has continued ever since. Take the bird, learn its song, and write it backwards, and then set the bird free. Play your new song for the princess, and then she will instantly awaken and will bestow on you her heart and hand, her kingdom and castle, and all her treasures. The little man paused, quite worn out, and the youth did not wait long to do his bidding. He did all he was told carefully and promptly, and having learned the song, rewrote it and got ready to play it for the princess. No sooner had he played the new song than the princess opened her lovely eyes and looking up into the happy youth's face, kissed him tenderly, thanked him for freeing her from her magic sleep and said she would like to be his wife. At the same moment, a sound like thunder was heard all over the castle and on all the staircases and in every room, sounds were to be heard. Then a troop of servants, male and female, locked into the apartment where the happy couple sat. And after wishing the princess and the flute player joy, they dispersed all over the castle to their different occupations. But the little man began now to demand his beard again from the youth. For in his wicked heart, he was determined to make an end to all their happiness. He knew that if only his beard were once more on his chin, he would be able to do what he liked with them all. But the clever flute player was quite a match for the little man in cunning and said, all right, you needn't be afraid. You shall get your beard back before we part, but you must allow my bride and me to accompany you a bit on your homeward way. The little man could not refuse this request, and so they all went together through the beautiful green path and flowery meadows and came at last to the river, which flowed for miles around the princess's land and formed the boundary of her kingdom. There was no bridge or ferry boat to be seen anywhere, and it was impossible to get over to the other side, where the boldest swimmer would not have dared to brave the fierce current and roaring waves. Then the youth said to the little man, give me your wand in order that I may part the waves. 
and the little man was forced to do as he was told, because the youth still kept his beard from him. But the wicked little creature chuckled with joy and thought to himself, The foolish youth will hand me my beard as soon as we have crossed the river, and then my power will return, and I will seize my wand and prevent them both from ever returning to this beautiful country. But the little man's intentions were doomed to disappointment. The happy youth struck the water with his wand, and the waves at once parted and stood still. And the little man went on in front and crossed the stream. No sooner had he done so than the waters closed behind him, and the youth and his lovely bride stood safe on the other side. Then they threw his beard to the old man across the river, but they kept his wand so that the wicked little man could never again enter their kingdom. So the happy couple returned to their castle and lived there in peace and plenty forever after. But the other two musicians waited in vain for the return of their companion. And when he never came, they said, Ah, he's gone to play the flute till the saying passed into a proverb and was always said of anyone who set out to perform a task from which he never returned. And that is the end of our story. Sleep tight. <laughs>